This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn, alongside Glenn West, where, Glenn, do you have your Christmas tree up? We visited with you last time, and you said you didn't. You don't do it till the 1st of December. We're entering the final days of November. Uh, are you in the Christmas spirit already? Uh, I'm definitely getting there. I'm definitely throwing on the Christmas tunes every once in a while when I'm in the car if I'm feeling a little blue. Uh, those are always good pick-me-up. Uh, <laughs> but no, no Christmas tree yet. And uh, But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there, but, you know, uh, we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> Christmas right around the corner, that means recruiting transfer portal season. That's what today's podcast is all about. We appreciate you if you're watching. Tune in over on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you might be getting us. Follow, leave us a five-star view there as well. Glenn, it's portal season, and we've already seen a lot of, I'll say, pre-portal official movement over the past three or four days across the country. Uh, LSU's Armani, Armani Goodwin entered the portal. It officially doesn't open up until December the 4th, uh, which is going to be obviously next Monday, which I don't know about you. I'm going to be tuned in. We'll give a plug and a shout out to 24-7 Sports kind of uh, trans portal transfer portal Palooza show, I believe they call it, over at the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. You should check that out. But for LSU fans, Glenn, I think we the first question we want to get to here today is, well, LSU see tons of portal entries, and I wanted to get your feelings on, look, we, we're going to talk about what they need to add later in the show but when you look at like what could enter into the portal, uh, Brian Kelly's been about roster retention each and every single year. You have to re-recruit those guys. Kind of your thoughts on on what could potentially transpire with the current LSU roster? Yeah, I mean, look, just just kind of looking at the transfer portal as a whole, it really just feel like it it just gets crazier and crazier every year and every off season. And um, so, yeah, I mean, look, LSU is going to be in a position here where. Uh, I think they're going to probably lose some pieces, um, but I, I think they're they're working really hard to make sure that they retain all of the guys that they really really want back. I mean, mm-hmm. like there's there's some guys like Armani Goodwin is a great example who just didn't see the field a whole lot and was was banged up through injuries throughout his entire career here, and so it makes sense for him to move along. I think that 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 makes a lot of sense, and you're not going to see a whole lot of fighting from the coaching staff on that. Um, but there are other positions on the roster where I think you could see some level of attrition with the the current the current roster. I mean, you obviously always look in the trenches first with uh, how much depth you have uh, in at those positions. I think specifically on the offensive line, um, you know, there there are certain guys. You know, Marlon Martinez. I mean, he's been around for a while. Kimo Mackinol. Um, you know, these are guys that are you know haven't really had a whole ton of you know, on-field experience or playing time uh, for, for LSU over the last several years. Martinez has really, I think, settled in as kind of that jack-of-all-trades for you last year, so that would probably be a little bit of a loss uh, on the offensive line. But, um, you know, there, there are going to be some guys that I think hit the portal and, you know, are looking for schools with more playing time. 
Um, could certainly see that on the defensive line as well. I mean, I think a lot of the conversations, you know, that they're having with exit meetings with these players right now, um, they, 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 they want a lot of these defensive linemen back. And I mean, you've already yeah. seen guys like Braden Swinson. They're, they're, they're out there re-recruiting guys like Makai Wingo and Mason Smith as well. I mean, I think that they understand um, just how important it is to have some level of continuity returning uh, up front for that defense next year. And yes, was it an underwhelming season for the defense? Absolutely. No one's here is going to disagree with you and uh, say that there shouldn't be some kind of changes made and some kind of talent upgrade uh, via the portal or what you're hoping to get out of this 2024 freshman class as well. Um, but I think that they understand the significance of just how important it is to get those veteran guys back for another year of development. I mean, they, they, they turned over the roster a lot the first two off seasons with the defense. I mean, you pretty much had uh, Harold Perkins and uh, you know, uh, Greg Penn and uh, major burns were really kind of the three consistent starters for you over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that, you know, that's, that's tough to, to kind of build an identity and a chemistry with, uh, for a defense when you're just kind of turn turning out new guys every every single season. So uh, it's going to be really important for, for LSU to make those pitches for those guys to come back. I think certainly Wingo and Smith are going to be at the top of that list, but I would love to see Quincy Wiggins back. I mean, I'd love to see, um, you know, Jalen Lee and some of these interior guys that maybe didn't see the field a whole lot this last year, but I think still have – uh, potential to provide great depth for this roster. I mean, you'll see some guys I would like imagine Bryce Langston and maybe a Fitzgerald West, some guys that were maybe lower on the totem pole uh, in, in that, in that room uh, really decide to move on. But, um, and you're seeing it already with LSU attacking the defensive line, the way that they have in the 2024 mm-hmm. class the, over the last couple of weeks in particular with Sean Washington, uh, they're trying to get uh, Jaden Hamlin in here. who's another top defensive line Juco prospect. They're uh, certainly still working on Gabriel Relaford from who's a ter- current Texas A&M commit. Dominic McKinley still having some conversations with the program, see if they can't get him on board for an official visit. So there's a lot of, you know, upgrades that they would love to, to make to this unit. Um, and I think it starts uh, with the defensive line and certainly the secondary as well. I think you have to address the cornerback room and I'll let you probably go into a little bit more uh, in depth on that. I know you just wrote about it uh, a couple of days ago, um, but you know, cornerback safety uh, that that's going to have to be a big area that I think you address via the portal and try to get some instant impact guys in here. Yeah. I think that look, when we talk about, roster retention and I'll talk about the cornerbacks and the safeties group as well that you can make an argument you need to add there too depending on what decisions are made between major burns and stuff like that Glenn when you look at roster retention LSU has to get to a point I stressed this in that article where you are not going and in, in, in getting into the double digits in the transfer portal like you want to do and look LSU fans might not like this you want to do it Florida State did you want to add key pieces around the edge, and you've seen how it's paid off for them. They obviously knocked off LSU there in week one, and they've positioned themselves to be in the college football playoff potentially with a win this weekend in the ACC title game. You want to be able to turn and say, okay, we have an infrastructure and a roster that we feel really good about. Let's go add a high-impact guy uh, You know that, that can see 
uh, big time playing time, but also can be that guy for us. And so I think when you look at portal entries, like you mentioned a couple names there that you want to keep in the fold. I know there were some rumblings about potential receivers, uh, you know, being uh, disgruntled with playing time, you know. But I think you also got to understand you got two NFL probably at least day one, day two picks. Brian Thomas will see kind of where he goes. He might have made himself a case to be a late day one pick. You've got two big-time NFL draft picks playing in front of you, plus a guy in Kyron Lacey who had spurts this season where he showed he could be a bona fide option for you. So I think you talk about these exit meetings, how important they are. I mean, look, it's it's a chance for not only the player and family to, to express what they feel like, but like Brian Kelly said, hey, we're going to grade them. We're going to say, hey, these are the things that we feel like you need to work on. And if you want to kind of work on them with us, we'd be glad to have you. If not, it's one of those things where you – you don't want to say show the door, but I think the biggest explanation for Armani Goodwin was, hey, we understand if you want you're, – you're free to pursue other options. Like yeah. we understand the position that you're in. So I think that's huge, and it kind of takes us, Glenn, into those portal needs, and I'll kick it off here with the secondary. Look, I think LSU sits in a prime position with the transfer portal in the sense of you have a spot for cornerback number one. Like that's just what we'll call it. You can come in here and be the guy. Uh, once again, I'm going to lean towards Florida State. They had a spot open last year, and they brought in Fentrell Cypress, a transfer from the ACC in Virginia, and he had a chance to be the guy on what a team is that could be a playoff team. I'm not saying LSU is going to be a definite playoff team next year, but what I am saying is that you have a chance to, if there's a high-impact cornerback, and look, you whether you evaluated or whatever happened this past offseason, I'm talking about a guy – Cypress was different than Denver Harris and, and Deuce Chestnut in the sense that this guy was an, a really, really good performer. If that person opens up, Glenn, I expect I expect LSU to be one of the first people to die on the phone when the kid's name hits the – I call it the yellow pages. That's what it looks like now. Some of our fan base – I feel like most of our fan base knows what the yellow pages are. But I, I kind of feel like that's got to be one of the first calls. Is like If there is a guy who's a bona fide top-tier cornerback, the phone has to be dialed from LSU, from, from a Baton Rouge area code. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that that, that has to be priority number one. I mean, you brought in four transfer guys last year, and by the last month of the season, none of them were available to you for various reasons. Yeah. Um, I think you hope that uh, a guy like Zy Alexander can come back and rehab that knee and maybe learn a little bit more. But, I, I look, I mean, Zy is going to be one of those – cases where you might not even have them at the beginning of next season because of how close that, you know, how, how late in the season that injury occurred for him. Um, and, you know, he's going to obviously miss a whole off season of development too, that you would have loved to have him have uh, instead of rehabbing that knee. So, um, you know, but then, then you've got the Denver Harris and the Deuce Chestnut situations. I've heard a lot of stuff about what could go on between those two guys and them potentially mm -hmm. returning, but I think if you're LSU, you have to approach it like they're not going to be key guys for you next year. Like you can't go into yeah. next season hoping that they can be kind of the two guys for you. Uh, so where does that leave you? It leaves you with a lot of young players that got some experience towards the end of the year. Um, but I think you absolutely have to go into the portal, and that should be priority number one is getting an elite-level corner in here a guy that you know can step in and contribute from day one. Uh, we've talked about it a lot since ever since Kelly made that goal of retention and the less, you know, kind of you know, less desire of wanting to go into the portal and grab significant pieces out of the portal in terms of numbers. We all knew that they had to knock 
whoever they bring out of the park. Like the evaluations had to be there. Um, and, and I think that you're going to see uh, LSU be very aggressive on a couple of corners. Um, you know, maybe it's one or two uh, at most. Uh, but the guys that they're going to be targeting are going to be guys that they feel like can come in and make an immediate impact. It won't be kind of projects like maybe you saw like with a Denver Harris last year or a J.K. Johnson, you know, guys who maybe uh, you know, didn't have a ton of opportunity, but you could see the potential and the talent, that kind of thing. I think you're going to see much more of guys who have proven themselves at a, at a Division One level. Um, and that's kind of where you have to start with this, I think, is in the secondary with a cornerback. Maybe with a safety. I mean, if you're looking at the yeah. possibility of Major Burns not coming back uh, to the roster next year, um, you know, you're, you're still left with a bunch of young guys in that safety room, um, and maybe you could use a veteran in that room uh, to kind of help, you know, even out what you've got going on. Um, but outside of the secondary, and I, I spoke on the defensive line a little bit. Really love the point you made about receiver. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for guys that are currently on the roster to continue developing uh, and, and to make that next jump. I mean, whether it's a Shelton Sampson or Chris Hilton or Aaron Anderson and uh, you know, Kyle Parker and the trio of, you know, the, you know, the quartet, I guess, of freshmen that you brought in last year that didn't really see the field a whole lot, but it's because you had two all American level candidates that are, that yeah. were playing above you and that were having just tremendously ridiculously good years if I'm a player that's on the roster and watching that take place in front of me, that this is absolutely a place where I want to stay and develop my talent and see if I can't be the next guy in that line. Um, so mm -hmm. I do think that there's going to be um, a lot of motivated players in that receiver room uh, to, to try to develop and get, you know, get themselves into more of a position where they can contribute next year. Um, but if you're LSU and you're Brian Kelly, the, the CEO that he is, you, you've got to have a good backup plan. You've got to have a good yeah. guy in here that you can bring in uh, that you know will be an instant impact guy. Um, you know, I, there's been a lot of discussion in recent weeks on our board about a guy like Evan Stewart from Texas A&M. If he was ever to enter the portal, that would be my first call if I was LSU. I yeah. mean, they, were, they were in on that recruitment a couple of years ago before he ultimately picked A&M. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's some good roots there, some good – uh, you know, uh, opportunity if, if that were to happen. Uh, but if it's not Evan Stewart, there's going to be a plethora of receivers out there that you can go out and, and try to make that pitch to. Uh, and I think it'd be a pretty easy pitch, you know, considering what mm. Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas just did with Jaden Daniels. Uh, I think that those those receivers out there are going to be looking at LSU's offense and the, the, the consistency with which it showed and the explosiveness that it had. Uh, and th this should be a prime destination for a couple of elite receivers. Yeah, I think that, look, we, we talked about cornerback uh, safety. I'll kind of hit on that again. I mean, look, if Major Burns leaves, Andre Sam no longer in the fold, you're looking at Jordan Allen and Ryan Yates. And those two guys are two fantastic athletes. I think they would like an experienced back-end safety, even if it's just a one-year guy. You know, maybe Tobiano. I, mean, I think maybe you know, Tobiano Tobiano was yeah. a corner, but that they loved him at safety for most of his mm -hmm. – freshman year so maybe that would be another guy that you plug in back there at safety just sorry didn't it's gonna no no but i think that it even further proves the point of what you're saying is if you don't go out and get someone with experience you're going to be relying on a lot of guys who haven't played a ton of football how much confidence you know does this group have this staff have in some of the young guys just to take that step i mean look you're going to be asking a lot of 
It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Young guys with not a ton of big game experience, and you're not going to ask in one or two, like you mentioned receiver. Like If you don't go get a veteran receiver and Kyron Lacey says he's done, you got Chris Hilton, you got uh, Gregory Clayton, who I guess is a redshirt senior, so he's done, I, I believe, or he has a six-year. This COVID year stuff is nuts to me. Uh, but, you got, I mean, it's going to be Aaron Anderson and Chris Hilton, who guys have really had playing experience. On the back end, safety-wise, you're going to have uh, Jordan Allen, who saw a little bit, Ryan Yates, who saw a little bit, uh, Joviano, who saw a little bit at a different position. Like, I think that this is a offseason for me where, and, you know, talking with some folks close, they, they think it's single digits. Because you feel good on the offensive line, Glenn. Uh, you feel good at quarterback. Maybe uh, I think they could. They could. Let's just talk about that for a second. All Let's right. go quarterback here. Let's go. So I, I want to go with this because Daniel's obviously gone. You got Ricky Collins. You have Garrett Nussmeyer. I think LSU is in a tough situation when it talks about adding an experienced talent to the quarterback room due to the fact of there's not a promise for playing time and what you could potentially have on the horizon in 2025. It's going to be have, have, have to be someone who I think is just cool with being maybe a one-year backup because you kind of need some type of experience because there's not a big uh, net there underneath Nussmeyer. I mean, look, Rick Collins is a great athlete, but do you trust him to go in and play you know, Oklahoma next year if Garrett Nussmeyer goes down? I, I don't know. Yes, yeah, so quarterback is always going to be the most interesting uh, when, when you're talking about you know, additions and kind of what you have coming back to the roster. I, I, I think that Nussmeyer has positioned himself. He's waited long enough. He's positioned himself to earn that opportunity to say, okay, you're the guy going into the spring of next year. We're going to lean into you and what you do best. uh, And we're going to try to continue to build this offense in a way that can continue to have the level of success that, you know, we just kind of came off of with Jaden Daniels. With that being said, I do think that there is going to be something to be said for a quarterback that maybe doesn't have starter level experience, but has been in a Division One program and for a couple of years, and is and is maybe just trying to, you know, find a change of scenery and 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 maybe not get that promise that it's going to be a one year and done kind of thing for Nussmeyer, but yeah. just be somebody that can be a good extra ear in that room, a, a good extra clipboard guy that can, that can kind of help you out and, 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 and be a good depth piece for that room. Um, I'm going to be extremely excited to see what Ricky Collins becomes next year. I mean, I think a year in the program now, I would imagine that he kind of takes another step and I'll be interested to see what he looks like in the spring. Um, you know, Brian Kelly was asked about him. I think at one point this season says he's making great strides and, uh, doing everything that we're asking of him. So, and I know that he's been really big on helping out in the recruiting department too. I mean, he's one of the players that they always bring out when they bring in recruits for big weekends mm-hmm. and stuff. He's uh, always kind of front and center, I think, for for that as well. So that's a really good sign if you're LSU is to have somebody that's bought in like Ricky is. Um, I would imagine that if there was a quarterback to be brought in, 
it would be a guy who has been in a program for a couple of years, maybe not at quite the level of, you know, like an Alabama or Georgia or something like that. You know, like Eli Holstein was a name that was thrown out on our board a couple of days ago. Yeah. I don't see that happening just because, I mean, you've got a guy in Ricky Collins that's in a very similar position as Eli Holstein. So that would be kind of just a, another lateral move, in my opinion. I would yeah. probably target somebody that's been at maybe a little bit of a lesser program that hasn't started yet, um, you know, and, and is and is and is okay with coming and sitting behind and learning how to be, uh, you know, a quarterback at this level kind of deal. And yeah, um, you know, I, I think that's just kind of where you have to go with this and somebody that maybe you can feel a little bit more comfortable with. Uh, that if something were to happen to Nust, you can throw in, and he won't. Uh, I don't want to say mess that mess things up, but like, just, just be a good yeah. safety net, like a good safety yeah. net quarterback, I think would be ideal. The problem is I think you're not going to find that in the transfer portal. Like, it's hard. Um, it's those, hard those, to find those that are going to be guys that are going to want to go play somewhere uh, because they haven't been playing or because they, uh, you know, they're, they're running out of eligibility, whatever reason it is. Um, so it'll be very difficult. It's a fine line to walk there because if you do bring in a guy that you want to compete with Nussmeyer for the job, you you run the risk of losing nuts. I mean, like that. That's just just that simple. He's been very patient with you for three years now. I think he's shown immense promise and potential. But um, you bring in somebody else to compete directly with him for that job. You know, he. I don't want to say he'd get scared off, but he would definitely. I think kind of have a little bit more of a an open ear to entering the portal um, if if that were to happen. So it'll be very interesting. I, I honestly don't know what to expect with quarterback, but I do know that you know, positions like receiver, corner, uh, safety, defensive line, those are all going to be high high areas of of of, of interest for LSU. Uh, maybe throw in linebacker as well. I mean, maybe bring in another linebacker, veteran linebacker with Omar Spates leaving. But um, yeah, that that that's that's kind of my whole take on it. I'll add this. It's something that I've been a big, big proponent for, and it applies here. And I don't know if fans will like it, but you you cannot recruit and build your team in fear of the portal. Yeah. And that's going to be something, too, where, look, we've already seen a lot of big-name quarterbacks enter. Uh, K.J. Jefferson is potentially mulling. I'm not saying he's a fit. We're just talking about big-name brands. Uh, Riley Leonard over at Duke. I mean, yeah, yeah a, a lot of good quarterbacks. For me, Glenn, when you get to the conversation of Nussmeyer, there is a little bit of a danger of just putting all of your eggs into one basket uh, in, in that sense. And LSU has been in one of the most advantageous situations over the past two seasons because they've had a guy like Jaden Daniels and then they've had Nussmeyer right behind him. You're probably not going to walk into 2024 like that. And I'm just really interested. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall with Joe Sloan and Brian Kelly and Don Mike Denbrock when they kind of sit together and they have, uh, we'll just call them those, those fireside chats since it's yeah. getting a little bit colder down here in Baton Rouge. And they sit there and say, like, look, here's a guy on the board. May I don't know. I'm, I'm not advocating here for Garrett Nussmeyer not to be the guy. I just think that it's you never know. And, Glenn, this is how crazy, and we call it the silly season, the portal season. You don't know who's going to enter. So that might be the plan. But then there might be somebody who Joe Sloan looks at and goes, holy cow, like, could you see, imagine what we could do with this, you know, this year and, and that type of deal. I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to say that Garrett Nussmeyer shouldn't be the guy. I think like you said, he's earned the right, he's earned the trust of the staff. It's on the other on the other side of the equation, you just you, you don't ever know what's gonna happen in the portal. And so I, I mean, think it'd be very interesting to monitor that. I mean, look, I, I think eventually you have to lean into what you have. Like, I mean, like yeah, you recruited agreed. this guy to the program for a reason. Um, and I think you sink or swim 
you know, at, at some point you have to sink or swim with guys that you recruit to the program. And I think that's yeah. kind of the balance that Kelly's going to have this year and, and certainly in his future off seasons when balancing the portal is, all right, well, look, all right, Quincy Wiggins is another example, a guy who hadn't worked out in two years but has been a five-star. Uh, do you lean into his development or do you bring in somebody else to try to, you know, uh, combat maybe what he hasn't been able to give you so far? Like there's just several uh, – there are always several guys and several positions on the roster where you can make that case. And quarterback is just the one that gets highlighted the most because there's only one of them. You can only have one on the field at the same time. So uh, I do, I do think that it's going to be a conversation uh, about bringing in a quarterback, but um, I, I, it would be, have to be a very, you have to be very confident. Yeah. Yeah. Very confident in the kind of role that you're going to have for that player um, and that you're making that known to not only him, but also to, to Nuss and to Ricky Collins and um, you know, Colin Hurley, who's coming in. I mean, that, yeah. that'll probably be a project, but, you know, it's you know, 16, 17-year-old. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't expect him to be quite ready for, for, for SEC yeah. football in, in year one. So, uh, But it'll be a very interesting conversation. I agree. I would love to be a fly on the wall for those kinds of conversations. Let's wrap it up here. We talk about the positions we feel good about. Uh, I, Glenn, I think we start with offensive line. Uh, you, with the potential of what you have coming back, you know you're going to have Emory Jones and Will Campbell back. Uh, Garrett Dellinger, who's really kind of came on as of late in the season, you know you're going to have him. Uh, you know, DJ Chester, I think they really, really like DJ Chester, and it's going to be one of those situations where if somebody above him decides to leave, they feel pretty good about slotting him. Like you mentioned Marlon Martinez. If Martinez decides to go somewhere else, DJ Chester, I feel like, is right there. We saw that uh, in, in, a, in a game this season. Also, too, I will say I feel pretty comfortable about running back in a weird way, Glenn. I think that even if everything – like, I, I I sit in the camp, like, I think Logan Diggs stays. Um, I think that he has a chance to stay. Josh Williams, I didn't even know the guy could stay until Brian Kelly said it. Uh, even if, But even if Josh Williams doesn't stay, Glenn, you got Caleb Jackson, you got Trey Holly, you're going to have Caden Durham. Like, I feel pretty good about that room going forward. And I'm sure, you know, Brian Kelly seems to like to have 18 running backs in the room. So I'm sure they'll find somebody else on campus to come play running back. Yeah, that that nucleus at running back can be scary next year, especially if they get Diggs back. I mean, um, you know, I I, I agree. I, I would be a little bit surprised if Diggs leaves just because yeah. he did miss four or five games this year. And there were a couple of games in there where LSU just wasn't able to get the run game going as much as they probably would have liked to. So, I think it would be very beneficial for Diggs and for LSU if he came back. But you never know with these things, and we'll certainly find out in the coming days and weeks. But feel very good about running back. I mean, you mentioned offensive line. You didn't even mention in that spiel that five stars Lance Hurd is right yeah. there with waiting you know, for, for a big-time position as well. So I think probably the biggest thing with the O-line is if they can hold on to one of Dellinger or Miles Frazier, uh, they're going to be in a really good spot. Like, I, yeah. I – I, I, I do think that Dellinger is probably the guy you'd want to stay a little bit more uh, just because of how solid he was for you last year. And it also allows LSU to have a full offseason to lean into, okay, let's maybe try to work Emory Jones in at guard, and then we can have yep. Zalance Hurd as our right tackle next year. I mean, they did that yeah. at, at points last offseason, but they didn't really fully lean into it. Uh, because you know they 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 just trusted Jones so much to be their right tackle, and so if they can get Jones a little bit more comfortable with being a guard this off season, uh, I would absolutely lean into that. And and you're looking at a left to right side of Campbell, Dellinger, Chester, or Chester slash Martinez. If if you know mm-hmm. if you lose Charles Turner, maybe Martinez might be inclined to stay. 
uh, plus, you know, obviously Jones and then Hurd, and then you're hoping for some of the development from some of the younger guys behind them, uh, and certainly with what you're bringing in uh, with, with the freshman class as well. So uh, offensive line, I think, is going to be in a really solid spot for years to come. I think it's the position group that Brian Kelly noted early on in his tenure that they needed to uh, address, and, and they've done it. I mean, him and Brad Davis, they've knocked that out of the park, I think, yeah. so far these first couple cycles. Um, so we'll be very interested to see what that group looks like next year. I think linebacker, you're in a pretty good spot, especially if you mm-hmm. get Greg Penn back in the fold. Um, you know, you're hoping Whit Weeks takes that next step. I think you're, you're, you're hoping that West Weeks and, 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 and guys like Brathwaite can give you some, some good depth, but um, you know, it's going to all come down to where they put number four uh, on the field. I mean, do they, do they go back to this inside linebacker thing with him? I know that was a big push that he and his camp had and why they spent so much of the offseason uh, you know, teaching him that inside linebacker job. Um, but then they just they moved away from it very, very quickly. And I think Perkins yeah. is also understanding of why they did that. So we'll be very interested to see if they – you know, it'll all come down to obviously what scheme they really want to lean into next year. And uh, But I think it all has to – I don't want to say all revolve around Harold, but it has to revolve around getting number four in, in really good positions to have success. And I think you started to see that towards the end of the year a little bit more consistently from him, but there were still some times where he, you know, he disappeared in games. I mean, that's just no other way to put it. He disappeared at times. And I think it was probably a combination of them not really knowing what best way to put him in position wise. And then also him learning the, the position that they were asking him to be in. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens w- w- with that whole situation. But um, I, I do expect LSU to kind of spend a, a good portion of this offseason trying to figure that out defense, on the defensive side of the ball. Transfer portal season is here. We're going to be learning that bowl game date here also on Sunday. LSU not in the SEC title game. But, hey, still a lot of good football as we wrap up. The regular season and conference title weekend. I mentioned silly season as we were recording this, Glenn. Uh, DJ Ui Anglele entered the transfer portal for Morgan State with his head coach Third heading time? to Michigan Second State. Time? Second time he's a grad transfer this time. So right. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's buckle up, and that's a good reason. No longer the seventy-five percent deal, but still a great time for you to join us over at Go Twenty Four Seven with all the latest news. And one of the biggest things, Glenn, I don't know if we talk about really with this deal, is that you can really get a glimpse of what's going on around the country with some great VIP content from our national team, national recruiting team. Uh, it's just I'm telling you, uh, the addition of Matt Zenitz too has been phenomenal. I've got notifications set up for him because I just mm-hmm. like reading what's happening. So it's it's a good time to be a part of the 24 seven sports community. Well, I'm he sure your sure your phone is blowing up with Zenitz tweets. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's going crazy. It's going crazy. That's for sure. Uh, he's Glenn West. My name's Bryce Coon. We appreciate you so much for tuning in. We will be talking with you once again. Obviously, big decision coming up. Tonight, we'll have coverage boots on the ground there. Keelan Moses going to be making his decision. You talk about recruiting. This could really jumpstart what will be a – what I don't say what will be. What could be a really, really special 2025 class for the LSU Tigers. We'll catch you next time, though, here on the Go 24-7 podcast.